Get the best odds on all the big games this March. Download the Circa Sports Iowa app today. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Welcome to the Title IX Podcast on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. The entire Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network is fueled by Cody Road, and we're recording in the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Studio. Hello, Elisa. It is episode 83. How are you? Pretty good. How are you? I'm good. We're approaching 100. I was just thinking that. I was like, 83. Seems like just yesterday we were at 69. Nice. We are still 13-year-old boys all these years later. Yep. 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 It'll never not be funny. (laughs) We want to thank our sponsor of our podcast, the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State. We told you this before, but I'm going to keep reminding you, we are celebrating five years of the Ivy School of Business being the Ivy School of Business, thanks to the generous donation of Debbie and Jerry Ivy. So thanks to them for allowing us to have this sponsorship. And just thanks to everybody at the Ivy College of Business for your continued support. Elisa, you had a wild day today. I did have a wild day. You were uh, called for jury duty. I did. I um, exercised, exercised, fulfilled yeah. my civic duty. You f- yeah, you which, what does that What does that even mean? What? Which part? Exercise? Civic duty. Oh. Like, I you... didn't ask to be born. <laughs> now you make me come That's in That's why here. it's a duty. Now, you make me, like... now you're going to make me come in here, sit in a courtroom and decide who gets what beanie babies. I can't do that. I cannot be in what? charge. That would be a wild case. Yeah, that was what my case was. Was not no. I was gonna say what? <laughs> Why didn't no, you didn't, tell me that? I didn't even get assigned a case. I sat in there. Here's what. Here's what happens for anyone who has not done jury duty at least Wait, in Polk County. I was gonna say I'm putting a disclaimer in here. Here's what happened to you today yeah. because we don't know what yeah. it's like in all the so, jurisdictions. You get there. They make you read a pamphlet about what to do. To fulfill your civic duty. Yeah, to fulfill your civic duty. And then they make you watch like a 20 minute video. And just when you think you super high quality, right? And just when you think you cannot hold your eyeballs open any longer, it's done. And you're like, thank goodness. And then they're like, we're going to watch it again. No. You're like, what? So we had to watch the entire video again. I don't know because jury duty is like cramming for a test about like judging someone. And you just, it was like, it was literally, I felt like I was cramming for a test, cramming for a test. Yeah. So then I sat in there next to a lady who was calling everybody she knew to tell them like what a waste of time this was. All the while, I was shopping for Steph. She was. She was sending me screenshots of some J. Crew outfits that I, I actually was. really liked. I so was. Sorry to my bank account. I'm a, I'm a pretty decent um, personal shopper. You, I've every time I've ever asked you to find me something, you yeah. have in like oh, moments. Yeah. yeah, you're really good at this. I am very. I've yeah. done. I've done a lot of shopping, not as much buying. <laughs> 
I just, I do the finding. But you I, went to school to be a, in fashion right? yes. for a hot second? A hot second. And then I realized that. What am I doing? What am I doing? I don't want to work with these girls all the time. And now one of my best friends like graduated in fashion from Iowa State. And I was like, it's there funny were, how that works. Right. There were some gems. I See, just, I've never been called for, well, yeah, you missed the gems. I've never been called for jury duty. I think it would be fascinating, but I also understand why people are hesitant to just throw out all their weekly plans out the window and go down to jury duty. Like I get it's it. True. I totally yeah. get it. For yeah. me, like my Mondays are just kind of like get as much done on Monday so you can not do as much the rest of the week mm -hmm. is kind of my, like, that's my business model. <laughs> I, <laughs> I work for myself. Right. So I was like, really like, and I, I have this, I have this, um, theory that you can fit in what you want to get done in the time that you have to do it. So if you have like eight hours to get something done, you'll get it done in eight hours. If you have six hours to get it oh, done, right. you'll right. get it done in six hours. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. So I, I fully expect that I will get everything done in the amount of time that I have to get it done. But cause you got kicked from the jury. I did. So they picked a bunch of people and I mean, there were like 200 people there to start mm -hmm. maybe more. And so I'm like sitting there. I sat there. I had to get there at 8 a.m. I sat there until 1130. They called out like 30 names. It was the last 30 people sitting there. And they said, okay. She said, go home. Don't call me. Don't, <laughs> don't call. Don't text. Like the late, the clerk. This sounds like the most stereotypical court clerk <laughs> no, in all but, of America. And the funny thing is she was hilarious. She was like such a good time. Okay. She good for it, her. Yeah, No, she made it really She understood fun. the assignment. Yeah. She, she totally understood the assignment and she understood the like, and even at one point she was like, who wants to be here? Nobody wants to be here. And I was like, I mean, I don't mind being here, right? But I'm not going to raise my hand cause you're hilarious, but yeah, she was a good time, but she's like, all right, you guys go home. Don't call. Don't text. Leave me alone. That's amazing. <laughs> well, thank you, Lisa, for fulfilling your civic duty. We're forever grateful for you. You're welcome. For you. So Sorry tonight could be kind of babies. <laughs> Tonight could be kind of fun. Elisa is going to light him up. She's going to go for it. And I'm so excited to hear it. I have, some, um, I have thoughts. I hope that it all comes together in a cohesive thought. It's like a cake. You know, you put all the ingredients together and at the end you get one of your sipped and sprinkled, just delicious creations. Well You're, said. Thank you. Thank well you. Well said. We're also going to talk a little bit about Iowa State Volleyball, the National Women's Soccer League, and we'll end the podcast with some shout outs and a fun conversation with a, a younger guest. So we'll get to all of that in a little bit. But first of all, Elisa, I just want to tell you the floor is yours. The Go for it, mine. girl. Okay. So the frustration of the weekend. I believe for all of us was that Texas game horns down. What Texas game <laughs> horns down horns. Down so, forever. um, the game was back and forth. I mean, we all watched it. If you're listening to this podcast, my guess is that you've at least watched it or know what happened in the or game. watched the relevant right. parts. Yes. So towards the end, Hutchinson misses a catch that he yeah. should have caught wide open. Wide. been a touchdown jumps okay. when he doesn't need to jump, jump, you know, not the greatest throw, whatever mm -hmm. it happens. Guess what? There are like 130 plays in the football game. Some of those things happen, but it's frustrating when it's the, at the end, I get it. So then the very next play, I think it was the very next, the play. very next play. Hunter right? Deckers doesn't yeah, matter. I'm pretty sure it was the hundred Deckers goes runs, gets a couple yards and gets absolutely mauled helmet to helmet by the Texas defender and drops the ball. I saw somebody on Twitter say like, it's almost like when you get in hit in the head with a metal object, like you can't hold on to what you're holding on to. It's almost That's like so that. weird. So then I'm saying, well, it's cl clear as day targeting because isn't the spirit of the rule targeting to keep people from hitting their head with other heads As, especially a defenseless someone right, or other right, right right no that wasn't the call the call was 
nobody knows because they said it wrong. They said the call on the field is that his knee was down, Mm -hmm. but that's not what they meant. What they meant to say after they told us that it was upheld was what they meant to say was that the call on the field is a fumble. Right. And no targeting. Right. And then later, Randy Peterson apparently talked to somebody with the officiating crew who said that they did look at targeting, but they just didn't mention it. Just left that out. Like, what? 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 And like Coach Campbell said, we obviously won't get any clarification. Yes. Chances are good. No clarification will be had. So anyway, so I'm pissed off. I'm Twitter warrior. My girl. I hate this. F this. F that. That's what happens when I'm on Twitter. Good thing no one employs me except for (laughs) Cyclone Fanatic. Sorry, Chris. Um, I think Chris is on your side on this one. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so I've had time to think about it and I'm still pissed off. Yeah. Me too. And I am not pissed off because that is the sole reason why we lost the game. Right. I do think that that led to us losing the game. Yeah. I don't think there's, I don't think there's any question that that had an impact on whether we won the game agreed a hundred percent. Right. So like the conversation is that like Iowa state, you know, well, Hutchinson, you know, should have caught the ball, should have caught the ball. Yes. But if that was the sole if that was the reason we lost the game, it would have been because Iowa State laid down after that. Right. If you were to say, if you were to pinpoint, yes. well, you know, the tides turned right there. The tides did not turn because Deckers had a great run after that. No one laid down after that. No one gave up after that. Right. It was the poor call that yes. then turn the tide because then you have no opportunity after that point, you have no opportunity to rectify X's dropped pass. Exactly. Yes. And I think about like, okay, say you're at home practicing at home, say you're, you know, you're in practice and you're, you're looking at all of the plays and stuff like that. You, you can't go back to getting hit in the head and say, well, let's practice to holding <laughs> onto the ball while you get hit in the head. You That's know what a I great mean? Point. Yes. You, you can't practice that. Right. X can practice catching that ball. Yes. A billion times. Yes. A billion times. Yes. You, just, you can't prepare for that. And it's like, to me, it's like, you can't, somebody comes in with a broken leg and they need surgery and you botch the surgery. And then you say, well, if you hadn't have broken your leg, we wouldn't have been in this. We wouldn't have been in this situation. The, the broken leg was a mistake. The botched surgery was you not doing your job. Well, right. That we, right. we, we collectively have paid you to do. That's a great coming example together. Like, yeah, you, you can't say like Molly, that, like, honestly, it's kind of victim blaming to say like, well, you shouldn't have broken your leg. Well, it was an accident. If I were to go back, of course, I wouldn't have broken my leg. And do we all agree he shouldn't have fumbled? Yeah, but he got hit in the head, shoulder, whatever you want to call it. Right. So, like, there's 130 plays in an entire game, and any one of those plays could have been the reason why we lost that game. Any one of those plays. I mean, each play impacts the next one. It's like back to the future, like... You know, you could go back in time and kiss your mom. And then all of a sudden, like Waffle House, the butterfly effect. Right. Yeah. Right. I and mean, I think that's the premise of uh, I've never seen Back to the Future, but I think that's the premise. You're of so it. close. Like, you go back. You're so close. Yeah. Kiss your mom and then Nailed Waffle it. House. OK. I don't know. I Whatever. I'm not going to argue about like what lost us the game, but I can tell you that what I'm pissed off about the most when I look back at that game was that my quarterback got hit in the head when he was already wrapped up, already going to the ground. And I've heard a lot of people say, well, he, you know, dipped his head. (sighs) He didn't dip his head. He was getting tackled. Mm -hmm. And if somebody is coming at you, are you just going to let them go at like the fleshy area of your sides? No, like you're going to try and put your shoulder down to avoid getting hit. Like and to we, avoid fumbling, right. by the way, why don't we turn this around and say, well, the guys, you know, the, the defense, it, they can't help it. If the guy lowers his head, you know, what are they supposed to do? Figure it out. 
figure it out. That's your job. Yeah. And figure out how to tackle somebody without giving them brain damage. Figure it out. And on top of all of this, and I agree with everything you just said, my frustration with it is Iowa State seems to be on the wrong end of these targeting calls specifically over and over again. And I say wrong end, but I don't even know what the right end is anymore because I don't know what targeting is. You don't know what targeting is. The officials clearly don't know what targeting is. And it seems like it changes conference to conference. And then within the conferences, it changes game to game, crew to crew, week to week. And I like, I don't think anyone is arguing about whether we should have rules in place to try to promote safety and protect these guys' brains. I don't think anybody has any question about that. I think our problem with it is you've got to figure out how to write a rule in a way that you at least make it consistent or allow for some subjectivity. So for example, if you can go back and review it and I don't think we should be ejecting guys for stuff. I don't even think that this guy on Saturday intended to do it. Like to me, he was going to make a play. He happened to hit go. He led with his head. I don't think there's any question about that, but it wasn't one of those violent hits that you see and you're like, Oh my God, that guy should get charged with assault. You know, like there are hits like that. That was not one of them, but it was exactly what the rule entails. And so for that reason, why are we not penalizing him? That's what the rule says in games. We've seen our guys get penalized for doing exactly what the rule says, despite us all saying, yeah, that's probably not the spirit. What you said, the spirit of the rule. So here's the thing. We have no problem deciding what's a flagrant foul in the NBA. Why? Right. Because back in the day, the guys did not tackle each other. They weren't as physical with each other. You know what I mean? Like they can't say like, well, in the good old days, you know, we punch somebody out. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like the game is getting more physical and, and flagrant fouls are fairly obvious when, you know, it's a little excessive. So and there are, and there are, um, categories within flagrant fouls yeah. and we've got to figure out a way. Sorry, go ahead. No, but here's the thing is that in football, it's the good old boys thing. Well, we used to play with no helmets. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's the, well, we used to take it to the head. Well, yeah. we used to, you know, crack somebody over the head with our own helmet and everything was all good. <laughs> like, it's not that hard, honestly. Like for me, if you are, if you're maliciously or not maliciously using your, we've, we've said this before, like, where has this gone? Like using your helmet as a weapon. Mm-hmm. Guess what? It's a, I'm trying so hard not to drop the F-bomb for Jared's sake, because I don't want to go back and tell him <laughs> in this podcast where it is. And so if I if I sound like this is a little bit jumbled, just insert F-bombs all okay, over. Okay, so thing. let me ask you this. Are you saying you think it should, like, just don't use your head? If you use your head, you're going to get a penalty, period? Basically. See, I, I mean, have a different take on it. I think but I don't I think, think it's black and white. I think that you oh. can look at it. And I think that I looked at that and I said that was inappropriate. Do I think he should have been thrown out of the game? No, I think okay, that you're right. I think that totally there should agree. be discretion, you know, a flagrant one and a flagrant two. Yeah. I think that there should be, you know, you did this on purpose to try and hurt somebody yes. or it just so happened yes. that you like you did something that you shouldn't have done that yes. hurt somebody. Like I think they're neat. Like what we saw Saturday to me is one of those automatic, whether it's five yards, 10 yards, 15 yeah. yards, whatever that's automatic to me. It's within the clear description of the rule. Um, but then you see other more violent hits where it's like one of those where you're like, Oh, and you kind of close your eyes when you see it. And then you, th- that's when you throw when you throw in the chance of, did they do, was this so egregious that you throw yeah. in the extra eject them or not eject right. them, just make it more. But I just, my frustration is we see this all the time in games where we have this ridiculous review when all of us are sitting here saying that's what the rule says. So either we're all going to follow the, what exactly the rule says, or we all need to change the rule, but we can't have any more of this flip-flopping because it's maddening and it's not fair to the players. I don't even care. It's not even, it's not fair to Texas. It's not fair to us. It's not fair to any of them. When you don't know how the way you're going to tackle, how, how you're tackling someone is going to affect right. the outcome of the game. That's not fair either. And I don't think people say, well, we don't know what 
what you know we don't want know what it is like what is it what is targeting mm-hmm. we do know what it is let's call it like it is we know what it is we know but and these the stupid officials, officials aren't doing they it they do know and they're calling it incorrectly yes and they're calling they're, it inconsistently they're doing the, and it's like here's the thing is that like x played an amazing game mm-hmm. he played a great game and he had a big mistake at the end yes. the officials did not play a great game they yeah. did not have a great game. And it is so frustrating to me that the team that I cheer for, the coaches that I cheer for, have nothing to do with this thing that I'm so frustrated about. Yes. And there's nothing we can do about it. Yes. And it makes me not want to watch football. And that's a problem. Yeah. And it's not like, I mean, let's be honest like the people on sports talk radio just friggin love this stuff because it gives them something to talk about you know what i mean and then it just enrages the fan base and then the fans like they're gaslighting us we get it like we get it we understand and we fall into it and you know we play into it because it's a thing but it's just like it makes something that you enjoy so much not fun anymore yes and then there's no accountability for them. And do I want the head official to trot out and answer questions? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Do I want them to have to write or see some report of, you know, like a grading scale? Or do I want that to be public? Maybe. Do I want them to get their pay docked if they do something like this? Maybe. I guess my point is, I don't know what the solution is necessarily to hold them accountable, but the fact that they just get a walk out of there without us ever hearing an answer really pisses me off. Now, those public apologies that they used to do, were they a joke? Yeah. But honestly, seeing them admit that they did something wrong made me feel just a smidge better. And I I don't know. I don't know what the solution is, but there has to be some accountability because when coaches don't do their job, they get fired. When kids don't play the way they're supposed to play, they get benched. And it's not right that week after week, these official, these official crews fail. And it seems, and I know we have cyclone or Cardinal colored glasses on, and I I recognize that, but it just seems like we are on the wrong end of these more often than anybody else. And I'm I'm with you. I'm jaded. They want the officials to like remain anonymous and you know, they're, they're just in an invisible part of the game, but then they insert themselves into the game repeatedly and and they have no humility. And it's maybe worse now than it ever has been. Um, I mean, the review process is broken. These targeting plays are broken. It just seems like it has gotten significantly worse than the last few years. And I agree with you. It's making the game less fun to watch. And there have been, game, been games in the last couple of seasons that have become unwatchable because of the officials. And let me be clear. This is not about whether we won or lost the game. Like I'm, I am I ha- like that impacts my mood, obviously. Yeah. What I'm pissed off about is that my quarterback, Hunter Deckers, got hit in the head. And that's not okay with me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's my friends get hit in the head. Somebody gets hit There's in the head a little hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm a fighter. I am a fighter. And that happened. Like, that comes through when I watch these games. Like I get pissed off. I want to punch somebody like I'm a fighter. Like that's why I'm mad about this. I'm yeah. not going to go off and cry about it. I'm pissed off and I want somebody to get hurt more than Hunter Decker's got hurt. Like, don't no, You don't hurt my quarterback like that. And then nothing happens. Well, no, and no. particularly in a position that's supposed to be protected. You know, this right. is, it's just, well, that's an, so infuriating. Well, he turns into a, you know, he, a then he turns back. into a running back when he starts running. No, he was getting tackled. You have to know when to stop. Yeah. That guy Texas launched. Players and, need to know when to stop. You're, you're a Texas player. You're about to be in the sec. You need to figure it out because I'll tell you what, if you do that to Alabama's quarterback, you're getting your nuts chopped off. Yeah, and that's true field. too. I <laughs> 50 yard line. It's very violent in the SEC. It's true that's too. That's what they do. We tend to see programs like Texas get those calls and that that makes it worse. Um 
it just it just really does it just makes this bitter taste even more bitter yeah and i'm not sad to see them go no. and i'm in fact very excited to, for them to see what it's like to be on the bottom of that totem pole when it comes to officiating because right. they're not going to get the calls they get in the big 12 now mm-hmm. you can take the officials with you seriously take them take we'll start em. over we will start over all right do you feel better nope do you want to keep talking about it? Nope. <laughs> Steph. <clears throat> All right. Well, here, I'm going to talk to our listeners about Hopewood. You take a breath. Okay. And I'm... let the smoke that's coming out of your ears. You know what I'm going to do? Down. I'm going to take what? a couple drinks of my uh, Mississippi River Distilling Company eggnog. Oh, tis the season. It's sweater weather. I'm it's drinking sweater. eggnog. Okay. All right. I mentioned Hopewood. We talk about her every episode, hopewoodjd.com. She does a will in the day program where you can come into the office. Um, she'll give you some paperwork to fill out, take you a couple hours at most. And before you know it, you'll have your will in place and everything in order. You never know when you're going to need it. So check out hopewoodjd.com and use the word fanatic as your promotion for $50 off. So thank you. Hope would again, Elisa, happier news. You ready for happier news? I'm ready for it. The volleyball team beat OU and Norman over the weekend. And just like that, they're tied for second place in the conference. Just like that. Just like that. Speaking of the freaking Longhorns, Texas is the clear front runner in the Big 12, as they have been for several years. She's flashing horns down, everyone. You know she's mad. (laughs) So Texas is 6-0 in the conference, but Iowa State is tied with Baylor, who they had defeated already, um, at 4-2 in the conference for that second place spot. The Cyclones play Kansas at Hilton on Wednesday night. KU is right there in the mix as well for that uh, middle of the conference. But fun promo for students. The first 250 students get a fanny pack for the match <gasps> on Wednesday. I know. I can masquerade as students. Guys, somebody. I still have my ISU ID. Someone is listening. Somebody is listening from Iowa State. Pull us aside to fanny packs. We're fanny pack girls. We will represent your fanny pack. Listen, we will rep the, the FP, the FP. Oh my. I know. I I was super pumped about that. I had to share it. I knew there are two things that I love in life. Me and fanny packs. There are three things that I love (laughs) in life. You water containers, any sort of container that holds liquid. Liquid. Me too. And fanny packs. Oh, this is why we're soul sisters. Oh my Just gosh. Meant to I be. love a fanny bag. So anyway, who's ever in charge of the fanny packs, get us one. But uh, just want or to mention. If you're, or if you're a student and you go and you don't want your fanny pack. Yeah, we'll send you our addresses. Just slide into our DMs. I'm sure that's super safe. Well, <laughs> um, we'll meet you at, we'll meet you at Heidi. In a very well-lit public location. <laughs> Um, so Maya Duckworth is, she put up her second straight double, double with 11 digs, 10 kills. This she's a freshman, Elisa. She is kicking ass and I'm just really excited to watch what she does in her career at Iowa state. So keep an eye on the Iowa state volleyball team. Don't sleep on them and get your fanny packs. Um, I just want to know why Google always thinks when I put ISU that I'm talking about Illinois state, who is talking about Illinois state? It's not us. Not us. Not us. Okay. We also need to mention Danielson Law, Elisa, a new sponsor. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. So speaking of jury duty, Mm. that's not the kind of law they practice. Uh, They practice real estate law uh, at Danielson Law. They're longtime Cyclone fans and supporters of Cyclone Fanatic. And you know that Cyclone Fanatic loves to support its fanatics. So their husband and wife team, Jeremy's the attorney. Sarah is the operations manager, which means she's the real boss in the marriage. Check them out at danielsonlaw.com for more information and to find out uh, more about why you should get a real estate attorney if you are in the process of buying or selling a home. All right, Elisa, let's transition to the National Women's Soccer League. We take a timeout. Did you say they the volleyball plays Kansas on Wednesday? Was I wrong? They play Texas on Wednesday. Oh, crap. Are you sure? October 19th. Texas. Wait a 2022 second. volleyball schedule. Hold on. Hold on. I was I was going on there to look and see when they played Texas. Is Kansas the number one? No, 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 no. 
they don't play Kansas until November 19th. Just can you pause for a second? And yeah. Calm your calm your booty. Okay, guys, I read it wrong. It's Texas. Okay. <laughs> Y'all, we effing play Texas. How did I get that wrong? I don't know. That's why I'm here. Girl. They share some letters. That's why I'm here, bestie. Okay, so Iowa State Volleyball takes on Texas on Wednesday, which makes things even more interesting. Spicy. KU would have been, KU would have been good because, like I said, they're in the middle of the conference standings, but Texas is 6-0. and oh. yeah. You know what? And this team can do it. They they looked great against Baylor, and Texas is good, tough, but I'm telling you, we got some girls. They did beat Oklahoma, so you had that right. Yeah, I had everything. I just double checked. I had all my stats right. I had this. I had the um, conference standings right. I had yeah. the wins and losses right. I just because yeah, we already beat we already beat Kansas at one point, so they can't be that good. I mean, they can't be six and zero because we beat yes, them. Right? Not that Texas they're not good because we beat them. Yeah, I messed that up. I'm glad I have you. All good. We're just checking to see if you're all listening. Yeah, that was a test. Okay, so that's even a you bigger passed. test on Wednesday. So pay attention. All right, good news or bad news first? Oh, gosh. I'm going to go with how good is the good news? It's pretty will, good. Will it cheer me up after some bad news? Mm, or is this the, bad news real bad? It's real bad shit okay give me the bad news i'm ready for it okay so we mentioned this you were on vacation a couple of weeks ago seeing family and it looks like you had an amazing time but i recorded with my sister um in like seriously 20 minutes before we started recording we find out that the sally yates report that was commissioned by u.s soccer came out and it was almost a 200 page report that chronicled the abuse from coaches and owners in the national women's soccer league so after that, I, I basically said in the podcast, I haven't had time to read through the report, but hang on, we'll go through it. And next episode, we'll, we'll chronicle it for you. So I had a listener reach out to me and recommend the ESPN daily podcast about this, um, scandal. And it's called truth be told the fight for women's professional soccer. And there's actually an E 60, um, about the same thing, but it does a really nice job setting forth in detail how this investigation started and why and why it took so long for the whistleblowers to finally get heard. But I highly recommend it. It's about an hour long. Um, it's worth the listen. But for those of you who just kind of want the quick version of this, I thought Elisa and I could talk about it for you. And basically all of this starts with coach Paul Riley, who is a very successful coach in the world of women's soccer. He gets hired in, I think, 2014 um, to hire, or sorry, to coach the Portland Thorns. He puts a couple of his players in a very compromising position after a night out celebrating. And that begins the continual harassment of one of those players. And after more than a season of this, Coach Riley corners this player in a hotel room. She decides, you know what? Enough is enough. The concerns were raised not only with Coach Riley, but a formal complaint was made to the club. The club decides to terminate Coach Riley's contract, but they don't say this publicly. They say that they will not be retaining Coach, and the club owner stated in a press release that he would like to thank Paul for his services to the club. And this is all in the fall of 2015. So January 2016 rolls around, and the Western New York Flash um, considers whether they want to hire Riley to be the club's new head coach. The club seeks a referral from the Portland uh, team, and they are told that, yeah, hire Riley. You should hire him in a heartbeat, actually, is what the what they actually said. They mentioned um, the player Amanda Shim's allegations about harassment, but suggest that Shim is a disgruntled player and that they were, the team was put in a bad position by the player. So Riley gets this new job and continues in the league for years. And he's actually considered for the U S women's national team job, but players tell their legal counsel that they won't support him due to rumors they've heard about his past. So the bottom line is they knew. So 2021 comes around and a new commissioner, a female uh, takes over for the U S women's um, soccer league. And her name is Lisa Beard. She gets asked to reinvestigate these allegations against P Coach Riley um, by the couple of, by a couple of players that raised them initially, and she doesn't do that. When the league decides not to do anything, the players go to the press. An article comes out about a year ago in September of 21, um, 
in the athletic and coach Riley is finally forced to resign. And this is when the dominoes really begin to fall because U S soccer is the, they're not, they're the one who organized the U S um, not the national team, the national women's soccer league. Sorry. They're the one who organized it at the beginning. So they decide, you know what, enough's enough. We need to come in and do our own formal investigation. They hire former acting U S attorney general, Sally Yates, and that's the report that came out last week. So this is seven years in the making this investigation. In this report, we find out that Coach Riley's conduct was not isolated. Um, in the league, there's abuse and sexual coercion rampant in the league, and complaints were oftentimes ignored. And I'm going to read a couple of Sally Yates's quotes. She said, players described a pattern of sexually charged comments, unwanted sexual advances and sexual touching, and coercive sexual intercourse. Then she later says in the report, abuse in the National Women's Soccer League is rooted in a deeper culture in women's soccer beginning in youth leagues that normalizes verbally abusive coaching and blurs boundaries between coaches and players. The verbal and emotional abuse players describe the National Women's Soccer League is not merely tough coaching and the players affected are not shrinking violets. They're among the best athletes in the world. So as a result of all of this, half of the league's 10 coaches resigned in 2021 after the athletic article. And the Sally Yates report that came out a couple of weeks ago is already resulting in digital rumblings about changes in ownership. And we already have another coach fired. The Orlando pride coach was terminated. So there's been a lot of discussion about just how awful this has been in the national women's soccer league. And I've been thinking a lot about how it got to this point and why. And Elisa, I just kind of wanted your thoughts on some of that. My thought first and foremost is that there were no safeguards in place when the National Women's Soccer League started. There was no anti-harassment policy, no human resources, no anonymous reporting, things like that. Then like Sally Yates said, there's a culture, you know, you're taught to handle tough words. It's tough love, handle it. And then I think what's the most probably pervasive and pervasive reason as to why, and the one that makes me feel sick to my stomach is that these women all understood that this was the third time a professional soccer league was attempted in the United States for women. And it was kind of seen as their last shot. So a lot of them had this attitude, despite these terrible playing conditions, getting paid virtually nothing and getting abused by their coaches that we need to be grateful for what we have. And that's the part that just absolutely guts me. I think that like, the the feeling in that situation is always almost always like it'll get better you know what i mean it has to kind of yeah Yeah. like this is as low as it can get it'll get better and it's it's not going to you know what i mean not on its own right once an abuser always an abuser like that's i mean unless you've gone through a literal rehab program to no longer be an abuser i don't believe that people who are abusers because like hurt people hurt people something in your past something in your psyche tells you that hurting someone will make you feel better abusing someone will make you feel more powerful like well and they're 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 i'm using air quotes they're successful doing this they're winning games they're getting this notoriety for being the coaches that they are and in terms of, well, what, how do you measure success in sports winning? Yeah. And that's what they're doing. Yeah. And, and for the players, it's like, well, you know, if, if only this league gets bigger, then mm-hmm. somehow it'll come out, you know, only if this league gets more successful, you know, once this league really takes off and like, we have a lot of people come to the games, we have a lot of eyes on us, then we'll, then we'll talk about it. You know what I mean? Like for now, just avoid him, you know, yes. just like, right you know, try and avoid them. And it, it, like, that's, that's not just like national women's soccer league culture. That's not, no, that's, that's the life that Steph and I live as yes. women in yes. America, like yeah. in the world, yes. really. Like and that's... I, I just talked to a, one of my coworkers as a, um, played collegiate soccer. She's a very good soccer player. And we were talking about this and she said, you know, looking back, the stuff that I saw, that I knew in my gut was wrong, but didn't say anything because that's just the way it was, you know, and this is youth soccer and in, in Iowa, 
And I'm just like, if this is happening in youth soccer in Iowa, what do you think is happening out in California where right. you have this hotbed of incredibly talented soccer players? What do you think is happening out in with, um, you know, youth basketball out in California or out? In, it's just like the thought of what is actually going on when you read these words from these very strong, um, and oftentimes vocal in all other social justice issues, these women who are out there putting themselves out, out there standing for things when you realize that they were effectively silenced because yeah. of their circumstances, you it, it's terrifying to think of what people and young girls and girls from homes and, and circumstances that are not great, like what are they going through? Yeah. You know what really like pisses me off is that it's always it's always the abused that have to speak up it's yes. never somebody that sees what's happening and speaks up right hey like i'm a i'm a male colleague and i saw saw all of the, i'm a female colleague and it never happened to me but i noticed that it happened to a lot of other people and i think that it's a problem it's never that it's always the abused that have to come out the uh the new, the then commissioner in 2021 that took over. So she was emailed, um, these were these, um, complaints that were investigated in 2015. And she was asked, can you please look into these again? She claims that she had no idea. She claims that she was shocked and completely blindsided by them. And when asked, you know, do you regret the way she handled that? She said, no, you know, I, I think I did what I could. And it's those, and this isn't fair. But she's a woman in this position of power, and that's the approach that she took, and it makes me sick. And unfortunately, it's not fair because I, I should be equally critical of a man. But as a woman in a women's professional sports league, sorry, you have extra responsibility to look after your players. And she failed. So she, it was an utter failure, and it's gross. And I, I will say the one thing that makes me optimistic is that after those five, now six um, coaches resigned or term were terminated, it seems like this year, so this season, you have this real change and momentum um, for positivity. You have these procedures in place. You have the anti-harassment po policy. You have the anonymous um, tip line. You have these human resources that all of these clubs are putting in. It's not perfect, but you see these squads coming together in solidarity. And it's like this, this report and this investigation gave them some courage and confidence to speak out. And it's out there now. Yeah. And there's no reason that it can't continue to be out there. And that's the, that's one thing I'm optimistic about. And I think we've seen fans really come and rally behind that. And you know what? I think that, as a female commissioner, like that doesn't happen very often. And I'm sure that part of her and her mindset, if this whole thing crumbles yes. while I'm in charge of it, yes. what is that going to say about right. women being in You're charge? You're totally right. And to that, I say, that's another thing we have to change Yes, is that we have to look at the reason for things crumbling. And if the reason for those things, we have to, we have to be a little smarter yes. than we are because we always talk about this in terms of, you know, who's the first NBA uh, female coach going to be and how it has to be the perfect person because if she fails, then that's going to put another, put us back another 10 years or 20 years. Yep. And you're right, Elisa, that's not, we have to be better than that. Yeah. And I mean, like we talk about like Becky Hammond taking over yeah, a that's, team that's of a the NBA. Example. Like if she were to, have been put into the place to like coach a terrible team. Mm -hmm. And then that team doesn't do well. Well, she's not a great coach. No, you handed her just a, a crap team, 10 pound pile of crap and a five yes. pound bag. Like that's what yes. you handed her. And it's not, it has nothing to do with what, what she did. It had a lot to do with what she was given. And I think that a lot of times women are given crap. Because mm -hmm. the good things go to, you know, those who have paid their dues. And unfortunately, we haven't paid our dues yet as women because we're just coming up. You know yeah. what I mean? WNBA yeah. is just coming up. They haven't paid their dues yet. They're just a baby, you know? Yeah. And the same is true for the women's soccer league. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. 
I did read something like you said something at the very end there that like like fans are rallying around yes. them and yes. and so I read something it was a Portland Thorns forward Sophia Smith um she said we would still really like people to show up and support us because at the end of the day we still have to step on the field and perform and play soccer we want to do that in front of our fans because that's one of the positive things that we have left yes so she said that the highest attendance in the national women's soccer league playoff history was just the other day it was yesterday on Sunday, two record breaking crowds on the same night, 21,284 in Houston and 26,250 in San Diego. And let me say this. Okay. So I have chosen my team. It's Kansas city current. Okay. So they, they were the ones they played in Houston and that 21,000, um, crowd and they scored the go ahead goal in the 100th minute. So there it's a 90 minute for those of you who aren't super familiar with soccer, there's 90 minutes of, of normal game time. And then the officials determine how much time to add because of, um, you know, injuries, subs, whatever they added nine minutes of stoppage time and actually ended up adding 10 and the current literally scored in the last seconds before the officials blew the whistle. And in the other game, the San Diego wave game with the attendance of 26,000, Alex Morgan scored a goal in the 110th minute. And it, so it was two incredible matches. We in know Alex two, Morgan. Yes. I mean, we don't personally know her, but <laughs> I wish we did. If you, if you like soccer, you know, that. yes. So you have these incredible you know, goosebump worthy performances in front of two back-to-back record breaking crowds. And it just feels like the, I'm, here's my, I know you're my negative Nancy and I'm your (laughs) positive Patty, but it feels like things are turning. Yeah. And it feels like this was the season where things shifted and that they're kind of shedding all of this negativity and moving forward into something that I think is going to be really special. And remember what I said about that Kansas city stadium that they're building 11,500 seats. Not enough. It's not going to be enough. I hope you're right. Not going to be enough. I think you might be right, Elisa. And you know what? That's a damn good problem to have. Yeah, it is. All right, let's take a quick break. We are brought to you by Authentic Brand. Authentic Brand is more than just your source for official cycling gear. With an amazing team of designers, Authentic Brand can custom manufacture polo shirts, jackets, caps, bags, and beyond for your team or small business. Check them out online at authentic-brand.com. Look authentic, feel authentic, be authentic. How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick. A jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, you ready for some fun shout outs? I'm ready. 
Should I pull Are mine you up? Ready? I'm, I'm sweating. I never okay. sweat in this basement. I'm so I'm a sweaty girl. I sweat when I talk to you all the time. Oh, okay. Elena Deladon dropped her first signature shoe, the Nike uh, Air yes. Delden Lime. Did you see this? Yes. So they're called the Limes. They're gray, pastel teal, and lime, as the name implies. But the name, the lime, is spelled L-Y-M-E. And that's because they represent uh, her battle with Lyme disease. And the lime green accents represent the drive to continue to fight, even when you feel like you've got nothing left. I thought that was awesome. And aren't they adaptive shoes? Really? I didn't see that. I thought that they were adaptive shoes because her sister... Are you looking at yourselves? Okay, well, I'll tell you that they're high tops and they run at just over $120. So they're affordable. And they're the colors themselves are really, really cool. And I think we need a pair, Lisa. Okay. So they are designed. So her older sister Lizzie has cerebral palsy and autism and is also deaf and blind. Oh my gosh. And fa- that factored into the pro- process and the technology creates room for somebody with special needs and it features a collapsible heel so it lets them put the shoes on hands free um and has a series of velcro straps along the along the collar so she made secure so it in place yeah these are so like it's a like separate adaptive, adaptive shoes shoe? okay i think it's the same one it's the well same. either way this i can't see she's showing me on the the screen here i'm a, I'm an influencer <laughs> that didn't work that's them that's them yeah. those are the shoes i'm telling you it's the i didn't same know that shoes. that is amazing that yeah. makes me love them even more yeah and they're cool looking on top of it all okay per front office sports eagles quarterback jalen hurts has announced he has an all-female management team so his marketing management communications and agent are all women i love it he said something to the effect of people doubted me but i knew that if i got the right team in place we'd be he said, I'm a hustler on the field. I have a team of hustlers behind me. And I just thought it was so I love awesome. It. He was he... A, one of the yeah. NBA agents, like one of the high profile. And yes, I remember that woman. I can't remember yeah. whose agent it is. Pretty cool though. He knows yeah. how to get shit done. Yeah. It does. Um, shout out to Caitlin Clark. She's from that other school. It's fine, but I have to shout her out because she was one of five student athletes signed by Nike this past week. And they also made deals the same day with Bronny James. Have you heard of him? Mm. Just, a, just, just a guy named Bronny. Just a guy named Bronny. DJ Wagner and Juju Watkins. Juju is actually a top high school girls basketball recruit out in California. So she hasn't decided where she's going to play next. She's going to announce it. She said sometime this fall, but that's good company for Caitlin Clark. Right. She's figuring it out. It'll I'm... be UConn. <laughs> what makes you say that i mean i'm just saying it'll be yukon probably a solid guess can right, i your turn. can i get in here a little sorry bit? just um, scoot your way in four-time tennis grand slam champ kim oh gosh i don't know how to say her last name spell it for us c-l-i-j-s-t-e-r-s mm-hmm. and a guy named tom brady are the Who? newest all right are the newest team owners of a major league pickleball what yeah um pickleball's newest team owners joining a 50 percent women-owned expansion team that's a thing <laughs> i know how do we watch this i don't know but um this is from the gist and they yes. always say something funny they said pickleball is a pretty big dill mm. get it like dill pickles mm-hmm. i get it mm-hmm <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Wait, what do you call those little tiny pickles? Tiny Especially pickles? With a G. I don't know. Some, you know, people listening to this are know, screaming right now. Gr- gr- gersh, gersh, tiny pickles. <laughs> it's a. Wait, so what's worse, not knowing that the volleyball team plays Texas this week or not knowing what a little Tony Pickles is? It... Oh, I wrote Tony Pickles. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like the name of a bad guy in a cartoon. Tiny. Why can't I type tiny? 
Somebody what if is you yelling right now? What if you typed in tiny pickle and Tom Brady? <laughs> Am I dreaming right now? Because I just tried to type tiny pickles eight times and couldn't get it. Gherkins. <laughs> Gherkins. You didn't even jump on my joke and I'm really disappointed oh, sorry, about I didn't it. Hear it. It's okay. not to be confused with Merkins. <sighs> anyway, it's getting late. We're falling off the rails. I have another one. Okay, go ahead. Emily Ryan, Naidu, and Lexi Janarski joined a walk to end Alzheimer's with help from the We Will Collective over the weekend. And I have to give Bloom credit. I called them out the last episode on the podcast for not um, doing the whole women's sports thing yet for the yeah. collective. And he, there, here we go. Okay. We got a few, our first women's athletes in Emily Ryan, I, and Lexi. So I, like I hope it. that this is just the start. So good job, Bloom. Keep up the good work. We're proud of you. I like it. Speaking um, of women's basketball, Lisa. No, my turn. Just joking. Go ahead. 21 days. We're within, Wait, a, we're within a month. Might, I might be wrong in the numbers. No, and I bet you're right. Because the NBA preseason is starting pretty it's, soon. We're so close That's to college crazy. basketball, you guys. Someone asked me over the weekend what my expectations are for the women's basketball team this year. The answer is sky freaking high. They're bringing everything back from last year. And we're adding Stephanie Soares. Yeah. And Emily Ryan just got named this week to the Nancy Lieberman award watch list. Um, the award is given to the player who shows the floor, the leadership playmaking and ball handling skills that personified Nancy Lieberman during her career. And I just wanted to say, you just need to give it to the assassin right here, right now. Yeah. Yeah. So he, from, from the studio of I'm confused, like, I feel like we were confused a month ago when I had a little shout out. So Chelsea Sedero became the first American woman to win the Ironman last week in Hawaii. So why are you confused? Because the Ironman CEO said for us to be able to have a race where a woman crosses the finish line first and be the sole focus of media attention is something that we think was a long time coming. Did she finish first? Like overall first? Right. Between men and women? Yeah. I don't know. <sighs> Guys, I could have looked it up, but guess what? I come into this totally unprepared. Guns blazing. Pew, so this pew. is this is something for you guys to all look up. <laughs> okay. Slide into our DMs. Slide. Do you have any more shout outs that you're actually sure of? I uh, no. Okay. I'm not sure of anything at this point. <laughs> Okay, I have something I'm sure of. Please tell me. I mentioned at the top of the podcast, we have a special guest at the end of the podcast. And that special guest is, do the drum roll, do it, do it, do it. No, no, nothing. We got nothing. Her name is Katie Lindsay. She's the kicker for the Van Meter High School football team. We mentioned her last year when she kicked a field goal in the dome, becoming the first female to do so. And I got a chance to have a little conversation with her, um, which we'll play here in just a second. But was going through her accomplishments thus far, Lisa. She was 73 of 76 for PATs and two for two of field goals last year. And this year so far, she's 41 of 43 on PATs and she hasn't had any kick any field goals. And her words, we don't typically need or go for field goals. Wow. <laughs> she's ranked second in the state of Iowa for most uh, made PATs if you're using bound. Um, she's also, in addition to being a badass football player, She's in the choir. She does soccer for the Van Meter High School team. She plays premier, premier soccer competitively, and she's also a part of Every Kick Counts. You've heard of Every Kick Counts before. Um, infant mortality. Count the kicks. Yeah, Not different same than thing. Count the kicks. Um, I think they're. I think they're. They collab together, okay. but it's an organization. Um, that you've heard of, I'm sure. And they have college kickers and punters, including Tori Taylor involved. So mm. she's in good company there, but I got a chance to speak to her and she'll tell you a little bit about her visit to Iowa state last weekend, but we're going to keep cheering her on and lifting her up. And, um, hopefully after the season ends, we'll get her on and we can chat a little bit more about what she intends to do and how things, how things went for her, but she's a good one. I'm happy to have a chance to chat with her. Yeah, I can't wait to hear it. All right. Anything else, Elisa? I don't think so. The All last right, with... thing I was going to say was a downer, so I'll save that for next week. <laughs> Thank you. 
it's we not going to change. So, okay. All right. <laughs> well, with that, we will sign off and head over to chat with Katie Lindsay. Go Cyclones. Go State. So we do this podcast on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. And the reason we're having you on tonight is because you just did a nice little visit to Iowa State last weekend. Why don't we start there and tell us about that experience? Yeah. So we actually left a little bit too early and we were there probably an hour and a half before we needed to be. So we kind of walked around and got a little feel for how it would be to be a cyclone. And then we started by entering the registration building and there were some ladies who gave us our badges and we went up the stairs. We had a nice meal and then we looked out over the whole stadium and it was not a neat facility. Yeah. It's really cool. There's nothing like it. So that was awesome. And then did you watch, were you able to watch the whole game from up there or did you go and enjoy Jack Tri stadium? We went down to the field and watched a warm up for probably about half an hour to 40 minutes. And then after that, we went to our seats and we were pretty close to the field. So that was really cool. Yeah. Wash up. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason you visited Iowa state is because like I said, you're a kicker and you made quite the name for yourself. I was reviewing some of your, some of your stats and, um, you're pretty accurate kicker. Uh, and you happened to kick in the state title game last season. So it's my understanding that was the first state title for your school since it's been a hot minute. Is that right? It had been, I think two or three years. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it was, Oh, I was thinking it was longer than that. Well, good for you guys in van meter, just racking in those championships. Okay. Yeah. So you kick in the state title game. Uh, was that a, it's, I think you were the first female kicker in the state title game in Iowa history. Was that lost on you or was that in your mind, uh, as you went into that game? No. So the week before that, we also played in the dome and somebody had mentioned that I like could have been the first female to score points in a football game in the dome. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. But no, when I went out for the field goal, I was just like, well, here's a field goal. You know, it's not too far. (laughs) I'm feeling pretty good. I'm excited. Hopefully I make it. And then, you know, I felt like it, but was it one of those slow motion moments in your brain where you see it play out for a lot longer than it actually is? Yes. I bet. bet. So let's, I guess, go backwards in time and tell us how this came about and how you started kicking for the football team. Um, and if it was something that had been a goal of yours for a long time or something that was more recent. Well, when I was younger, I never even had a thought about football or that I could be a part of it until my freshman year playing high school soccer in the fall. And one of my science teachers said, just made kind of a comment. It was like, you should try out for football. So I went to the meeting and talked to coach Trudeau afterwards. And then I just started showing up to practices and then I was part of the team. Just like that. Yep. How's the experience been? It's been really awesome. Our team, everybody's just great. They're, we're a whole big family. It's really nice. Have there, I think people are always expecting there to be challenges. Anytime you have a female in what is, what is, or has typically been a male dominated sport industry job, anything like that. Have there been problems or has it been a pretty positive experience for you so far? Well, I believe at one of my first games last season, there was a parent who said something about, Oh, is that a girl? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I went six for six that game and <laughs> kind of blew their mind. So no, everybody, at yes, least it is Van- a girl. In fact, <laughs> you know, you know, everybody in Van Meter is super cool. You know, they come up to me after games and they say, Hey, Katie, you did great tonight. And they're just, they're really sweet. And you, you said you played soccer growing up and are you also a runner as well? I'm not, I'm in track with shot put. Okay. Okay. All right. So you're in part of the track team. Do you play any other sports? I used to do volleyball, but football is my main sport. Yes. I can see why. Mm -hmm. So, um, did you grow up in Van Meter? I actually grew up in Minnesota. We moved here my sixth grade year. And Van Meter is a small town. Uh, Mm -hmm. 
did you ever, I mean, do you ever, do you feel like a celebrity in town? Um, I think at the beginning of last year, maybe a little bit, Yeah, but I'm now, sure. not really, you know, I'm just kind of part of the team and I mean, everybody knows everybody. So yes. yeah. Yeah. Do you ever get sick of people like me asking you to talk about what it's like to be a girl on a football team? Um, I mean, no, because it's not very usual and it's something cool to talk about. And I like talking about it. Yeah. Do you have little girls? I have two little girls. I have a seven-year-old and a five-year-old. And every time they see a female official in the NFL or a female uh, official in a women's basketball game, they comment on it. So I told them Mm -hmm. I was getting to talk to you and they thought it was great. I imagine you get little girls coming up to you from time to time with the same reaction. yeah. Yeah. In the hallway at school after the game. Yeah. They're the cutest. Is that one of the more rewarding parts of of doing what you're doing? Oh, for sure. And it's not just even just little girls. It's the little boys on the elementary football team oh, too. That's mm-hmm. really sweet. Yeah. How's the team doing this year? We're doing pretty good. That's what uh, I thought. <laughs> last week we won 63 to seven and hopefully this week I have plenty of PAT opportunities. Again, so what, so. what, what are your future plans? You, this is your junior season. So you have another season to play. Um, are you going to continue visiting schools and just kind of see what happens? Or do you know, do you have a pretty good idea of what you want to do? Well, I definitely want to play football in college. Um, I have a roster spot offer at McAllister college in St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, and I've been to a few other colleges throughout the summer and throughout the beginning of the season. And obviously I was at Iowa state just a few days ago and that was awesome. I would love to go there. It's a great place. But other than that, you know, I'm keeping my options pretty open, but I want to play football in college. Do you know what you want to study? I mean, you're, you have plenty of time to figure this out, but just curious getting to know you. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. A little while ago, I was thinking of possibly being a lawyer possibly majoring in psychology, but I'm not for sure. So we'll have to see. Okay. Well, I'm a lawyer. So maybe sometime we can chat after this and I can tell you the pros and cons about all of those things. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're really proud of you and we're paying attention after you kicked the field goal in the title game last year, Alisa and I talked about you and someone reached out and said, you need to get her on. And here we are a year later and we're definitely going to keep, keep an eye on you and keep following your career and we wish you the best of luck and I'm hopeful that maybe we can get you on if you, uh, as you play into the postseason and maybe another title game, uh, this fall, what do you think about that? That would be awesome. I'd love okay. that. All right. Well, you have a whole network of listeners and cyclone fans cheering you on no matter what you decide to do. So keep up the good work. Okay. Awesome. Thank you for all, all right. of the support. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we'll keep it coming.